You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. The Therapeutic Relationship, Part 1, with Dr. Alexander Dimitrievich. So we continue with videos and brief series of videos based on the requests that you've kindly sent us via Instagram or Facebook. And this time it's going to be a brief series about the relationship between the therapist and the patient. This topic is very popular, widely discussed, and at moments hugely controversial. And I will try to cover some aspects of this briefly in three or four videos. The first one is going to be about what the relationship between the patient and the therapist usually is, what it should be like, how the understanding of this changed over time, and so on. So everything begins historically with a patient. Although we as professionals like to believe that we are very smart, major revolutions in the history of psychoanalysis were initiated by patients and most often female patients. The first of these was the person we know as Anna Bo. Her real name was Beate Pappenheim, and she was the patient of Josef Breuer, the mentor, uh, supporter, friend of Sigmund Freud at the time when Freud was very young. Why begin with this patient? At this time, and this is 1880s, we didn't really know what to do with people who suffered from mental disorders, how to help them. And it was Anna O who said to Breuer that more than anything else he was trying, and that was hypnosis, diet, baths, various treatments, most of which we don't use anymore. She said what was most helpful was what she called talking cure, that he would allow her to talk about whatever she wanted to say, and that he would listen, mostly be silent, but pay attention to what she was talking. And that's the beginning of it all, a relationship in which one person will be allowed, will be provided an opportunity to speak about whatever is on his or her mind, and the other person would listen attentively. Even more than this, I'm not sure it was clear uh, that early, this can be the first opportunity for many people to finally realize what it is that they have to say, what it is that they would like to express and share with other people. Because so many things in us, especially in the unconscious, are silenced or mute or forgotten or unformulated and so on. The relationship became the most important point in the psychoanalytic theory very quickly with Freud's discovery or description of the phenomenon we call transference. In transference, and I will now simplify and put it very briefly, transference would require uh, a very long presentation. Patients express feelings or opinions or beliefs related to the person of the analyst very intensely for long periods of time, someone's 
sometimes passionately positive or negative, idealizing or denigrating, various options are possible. But in the same or similar or analogous way to what they once experienced with some other figure. And so every long-term high-frequency analysis will include at least one period when the relationship with the therapist will be the most important thing in the world. When the person is just waiting for the next session to begin, and that is more important than anything else going on in the social world, and then what will the analyst think about me, and what will I think about my analyst, and will I be proud, and will he or she be proud, and so on and so on. In the beginning, Freud believed, and many psychoanalysts followed him in this, that the most important thing was how we understand these transference manifestations and how we interpret them. And in the classical psychoanalytic approach, and this is what you would very frequently see in the movies, in caricatures, if you read many books that include descriptions of psychoanalytic treatments, psychoanalysts will be completely absent from the relationship in any unprofessional manner. They will just provide their interpretations, sometimes one procession, four procession, six procession, and not say anything else, not ask anything, and not engage in any form of communication before the beginning of the session and after the end of the session. And there are many, many examples of this that that's, I don't think I have time to, to describe now. What was the purpose of all this? Theoretically speaking, Freud believed that the analyst should be as unknown, as mysterious to the patient as possible, because this would enable the unconscious of the patient to be expressed in the relationship. And that is how we're going to understand where the problem comes from and what we should do about it. Think, for instance, of the ink plots, of any projective test that is used in psychology. The less structured the material, the more your unconscious is going to speak. The same with this. If you don't know uh, your analyst's personal preferences, religious beliefs, political attitudes, family situation, and so on, whatever you think or feel about that person will come from your unconscious and will be revealing of something that potentially, hopefully, will be helpful for the treatment. Non-theoretically, so to say, this came from the very problematic situations that took place in the years be before the beginning of the World War I, when Freud's closest collaborators, Carl Gustav Jung and Chandler Ferenczi, got involved in romantic and erotic relationships with female patients. And I'll leave it at this at this moment, and then return to that in the next video.